The console room lights were suitably dim as Amy ran her hand gently along the stiff rod. Wow, she breathed. It's very impressive. It certainly is, gloated the doctor. Touch the end, gently. Amy allowed her fingers to glide over the bulbous tip. It's glowing, she gasped. Does it always do that? Only when things get exciting, said the doctor. Now give me my sonic screwdriver back. The Daleks are coming. Oh dear. I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> <laughs> For your interest and listening pleasure, Staggering Stories, podcast number 69. Child, <laughs> oh, no. you should know better. You're like 52 years old. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> welcome, 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 welcome to one all and in sundry to this staggering stories podcast number 69. This is me, real Keith. I'm slightly sicky, fake Keith, but at least I'm here. Unlike Andy, who's wussed out because he's got a touch of man flu, even though he does not know the agony I'm in at the moment. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> She's not well. No. I'm Adam and I'm fine. Shut your noise. <laughs> and I'm Jean and I'm fine this time. And we're all wearing bow ties. I don't know why we're wearing, but our bow ties actually match the colour of our they microphones. Do. They do, yeah, yeah. Mine's spinning. Why the hell we're actually wearing the bow ties when you can't see us is beyond me, but Get El the President yeah, yeah. And rank. before yeah. any of you... in the mood for what? <laughs> well, I'll be telling. <laughs> before any of you sit there going, she's converted! I'm wearing a Patrick Troughton bow tie. <laughs> oh, no. Slap the bitch, will you, Adam? <laughs> Right, gentlemen, ladies, without any further ado, I think we should bound on to the news. Doctor News. Doctor Who, the adventure games are coming out to PC and Mac near you soon. I don't know, I'm not enthusiastic. No? No. Sounds quite good to me. I trusted them last time they bought out a game and it was Top Trumps. <laughs> yeah, I have to share that. The only Doctor Who game I've seen is Top Trumps, which is probably the naffest. Yeah, you know, you've got an adventure series, you can go anywhere in time. There's lots of comics that come out with Top Trumps. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a quick time, but this one sounds a bit better. Yeah. Go on. It's uh, the BBC actually behind it, mm. and it's part of their drive to increase computer literacy, they say. Mm. And it's been written by Phil Ford, Waters of Mars fame, and James Moran, Fires of Pompeii and Torchwood. And they've joined for us the video game creator Charles Cecil. Cecil? Cecil. <laughs> it's basically looking like it's an adventure game, graphical adventure game. Yeah. Which is something I think we mentioned in think uh, so. a few podcasts ago yeah. in our roundup yeah. of what they could do. Yeah. So we knew more than we thought. And it's coming, as I said, to PC and Mac. I think it's in June. The way I understand it... 
Okay. Is we're going to have uh, three episodes during the current run. Oh, yeah. And then there's going to be a fourth special episode between uh, the end of the run and Christmas episode. Oh, okay. It looks a little bit like some of the CSIs in that, where it's you've got to work out clues and yeah. traverse around. It's almost like mm. a platform game yeah. in some respects. I've, I've a, s- a mystery one kind yeah, of I, I've seen a few screenshots and I'm... Yeah, looks okay. Looks good. Yeah. They obviously look like the characters. It yep. is being played by Matt Smith and Karen Gillan. Voice, yep. Voices. And it looks like them. I think you would have to do it with the voice of the Doctor, the, cu- the, current, the current Doctor, doctor and yeah. assistant. Yeah. Apparently it's been in development for a good 18 months or so, so yeah. obviously before Matt Smith took on the role. I yeah. I look forward to it. As I said before, there is a lot of difficulty transporting the Doctor to a video game. Mm. In fact, yes, there is this scope for adventure or whatever, but most video games do the shortcut and have the hero pick up a gun and shoot yeah. his way out or do an explosion, no. well, or, st- which is not the character. No. I'm still waiting for the Wii where your avatar can become the Doctor's assistant. <laughs> so you can run up and down corridors and that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, the Wii is perfect for actually letting the game player become the assistant yeah. to the Doctor. Mm, um, because you do have your little avatars that you can put in and that kind of stuff. So I'm actually surprised they haven't picked up on that. Well, there is talk of a Wii-based game, although yeah. there are conflicting reports of whether it's actually true or not. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. But this is actually a kind of problem-solving sort of game rather yeah, than a which, gun-toting game. Which it, which it needs to be. Mm. So, um, what's it, Professor Layton-type style, but yeah. with yeah. the Doctor? Yeah. yeah. Look to it. It's only PC and Mac, though. Yeah. It's not any it's, of the consoles at it, this it's, stage. Yeah, it's just being done via the website, the BBC website, mm. I think. Downloadable. Downloadable, but from, from the website. 250 meg each. Yeah. But yeah, free. not too bad. It, it, yeah, it was saying that they were aiming for lower-end computers. Okay. So mm. it, could be, it could run on virtually everything. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, shall I do the Daily Mail? Go on, the Daily Mail. With a brick. <laughs> okay, it's a shame Crumbly's not here because mm. we have a little notice from the Daily Mail. Uh, the Daily Mail has once again attacked the new Doctor Who companion, Amy Pond, or as we know her, Gunhilda Nobnacker, mm. for being too sexy. Hey, <laughs> how can I do that? Uh, oh, yeah. Dear. From a direct quote, it, they say. The Time Lord has been joined by a new sidekick, a kissogram with an almost non-existent miniskirt. Not quite non-existent enough. Are you channeling Mary Whitehouse? I'm trying to, yeah. (laughs) And she also goes on to, or they also go on to say, she watches the Doctor completely undress in front of her while running her eyes over a naked doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And further add up with, it's even more surprising given the rather conservative attire worn by actresses who have played the doctor's companion in the past, including Bonnie Langford and Elizabeth Sladon. So she missed the entire Leela episodes then? Yeah, yeah, the entire Leela episodes, the introduction of Perry. Yeah. Um, she probably also missed everything that happened in the 60s, because I don't know if she's ever noticed how short Polly's skirt was, yep. but that was a belt. Yep, yep. Yeah. And also the, the skin-tight cat suit that Zoe, Zoe used to wear yeah. a yeah, couple of yeah. times. Even Tegan had uh, quite a... Yeah, t- I think oh, Tegan wore a belt a the, couple of times. the famous, I'm going to walk around in a virtually sheer shirt with no bra on at the end of Enlightenment. Was <laughs> yes. it Enlightenment? No. No, ter- Terminus. Terminus. Terminus, yes. Yes. Uh, we're, we're not going to go into that one, I don't think. 
No, so basically the Daily Mail have become the new uh, Mary Whitehouse uh, well, et al, well, I suspect. Well, oh, as yeah. I said last last time with the Daily Mail, there's a bandwagon. Quick, let's jump on it. Doesn't matter <laughs> what it's about. No. It's unbelievable. They even give examples of other companions which break this rule that they've mentioned in the uh, article. Uh, unbelievable. That just just wants to report on something. Yeah. Doctor Who's a seller it sells their it. paper. Yeah, it's it's in the paper. So. People will buy what it. What did they think of Beast Below, I wonder? Fiona <laughs> <laughs> Nighty throughout the entire... <laughs> no, uh, uh, We're not yes. going to go into that here. No, that's for the next podcast. That's yes. Yes. And for I'm Evil News, oh. some actual non-Doctor Who news. Oh. Yeah. Dr. Julian Bashir is going primeval. That's a shame Crumbly's not here, because there's another one right up his street, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. As a fellow primeval enjoyer, Alexander Siddig. <laughs> I'm assuming I've pronounced that terribly Siddig, wrong. Yeah. Siddig. Best known to SF fans as Dr. Julian Bashir in Deep Space Nine will be joining the cast of Primeval for Series 4 and 5. So it sounds like he's becoming a main character. character yes. Yeah. He is joined by other newcomers, Kieran McMenimen, <laughs> Silent Witness Jericho, and Ruth Kearney, who all joined the team at the Ark. I thought Ark was destroyed at the last one. Who all joined the Ark after the anomaly operation becomes a public part private partnership, mm-hmm. part owned by the government and part by charismatic, charismatic scientist Philip Burton, i.e. our Dr. Julian Bashir. Many Min plays Matt. <laughs> Why can actors have normal names I can pronounce? <laughs> McMenamin plays Matt, the new field leader, and the unconventional Jess, Ruth Kearney, now runs operations from the Ark Control. Connor and Abby would also be returning, but the fate of Danny is apparently still up in the air. Well, I'm glad they're keeping Connor and Abby, because by the sounds of it, it was like it's primeval in name alone. Yeah, so pretty what, much. What's happened to the um, the minister? I don't know if he's going to be there all the time, but he's basically been shuffled out. Uh, mm. But whether he will pop be a returning up. character, yeah. nonetheless, I don't know. But yeah, his position has been made vacant. Oh. Yeah, I like Primeval, but I'm I'm not sure by the sounds of that. It all sounds a bit... Yeah, a lot it, of cast changes. Yeah. What's happened to the archaeologist as well, or yeah. whatever she was? And, and it sounds like it's going to turn into just sort of like a fairly run-of-the-mill science fiction. We want the aliens for what... Or, well, not the aliens, but we want the creatures past and present for what they can give us in terms of armaments and advantages yes we will see we will see yeah we will and that i think oh oh um doctor who oh doctor who came to my neck of the woods just oh. before easter oh indeed. we have an addendum yes on mm. thursday the first of april i got a little <laughs> text onto my phone while i'm sitting there with my first day call saying phone the boss Ooh, ooh, Jeannie's in trouble. <laughs> and he says, if you can, get to General Gordon Square in Woolwich by about 3.30. Matt Smith and Karen Gillen are going to be there. And I'm going, yeah, it's the 1st of April. <laughs> but it is after the noon. So. <laughs> and I went down there. Obviously, I was working. I had come in early and done a long lunch break. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And saw our Matt and Karen. And their um, one appearances, they were doing six, I think, across the country. Around the country, yes. Um, And they made an appearance there. Um, They did take a while to come out of the TARDIS tour bus, leaving us for about 20 minutes in the cold and the rain. And (laughs) the poor bugger that had to do the intro was losing his way. Uh, (laughs) You you could tell he was getting desperate for things to say. And they were there for about 15, 20 minutes. 
Karen is as gorgeous in real life as in the TV series, as if not more. Was she actually wearing clothes? <laughs> she <this time>? was. <laughs> you had to think about that. Yeah, I did because she was either were either leggings or a thick set of tights <laughs> with the mini skirt, yeah. but there was a long coat over the top. But yeah, um, chilly that day. It was a bit. It was. It was. It was persistently <laughs> raining at one point. Um, and Matt was. He was interacting very well with the younger audiences and the kids there. Yeah. He sort of like did yeah. come out. He's, most of his um, presentation did rotate around football. <laughs> <laughs> well, I managed to audio it, but I don't know what quality is. So if it comes up any good, we will load it up onto. Um, Yes. Staggering stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if it's absolutely come out pathetically, then we won't. And then on the following two days, they had a Cyberman and the Scarecrow. Ah! And it's nice to know that all these years later, 11-year-old kids will scream their heads <laughs> off when their mothers take them within actual five feet of a real Cyberman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, still got it. The funniest bit was one of the mums was taking a picture of her son and her daughter and the Cyberman lurched at her and you could have heard the scream the other side of Woolwich. <laughs> <laughs> it was an intro. It was more for the kids. But, but it was an enjoyable Yeah, we had um, the big screen where we had the 3D trailer and some trails for the season. Oh. Mm. Mm. She's seen stuff. She has. I've seen yeah. stuff. Yeah. In the rain with me glasses. <laughs> and 3D. I didn't see a lot of it. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen out there, I suppose you may have noticed that there was a small little event. Well, I wouldn't call it event, but a, a debut of a programme <laughs> over yeah. the past couple of weeks. And hopefully, wherever you're listening to, you've seen it as well. Because it'll be out after the 17th, won't this? Yes. Yes, we'll be out so after Hopefully the most places in the world, or at least yep. most of the English-speaking places in the world, will yep. have seen it. Yes. We are, of course, talking about Series 5, Doctor Who, The Eleventh Hour. So what did we think? Okay, first off, on the whole, yes, I think I enjoyed it. It was it was quite dynamic, quite a. It, it's very difficult to quantify a first episode because mm. the Doctor's mm. usually all over the place. Yeah, I thought yes. it was absolutely brilliant. I really did. It's allowed to be slightly off the wall yeah. and zany <laughs> and that kind of thing. Yeah, the music. Shall we start with the music? <laughs> yeah. the, on, new music the, 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 the new music and the opening titles. The new music and the opening titles. Okay. The new music. I don't <laughs> like the new music. It 
to me, and a lot of people at work have, comment, have commented, it seems to have gone too far away. For it's, mm. it's how the Doctor Who theme tune would be played if I was listening to it by a full orchestra at the Royal Albert Hall. It's, it's almost... It's been, <laughs> which we have. Yes, which yeah, we have. We have done. But it's almost been over-instrumentalised, I think mm. is the best way of describing Sunny. it. Very little of the original radiophonics yeah. left. Of of all the thing, of all the Murray Gold themes, I think probably this is my least favourite. Mm. But it is, I gotta admit, it is beginning to grow on me. You I don't detest it. No, I yeah. don't detest it. But it is. I can also I can understand where he's going from. This is his. What is it? The fourth, the fifth rearrangement he's done. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, and it's a case of how do you make it different and new but keep it the same. And admittedly, he may have sort of strolled a little bit over the edge of trying to make it different. Mm. I have to ask the question, okay, you've got a new Doctor. Do you have to have a new theme tune? <laughs> don't have to. You I know, don't have to, it, no. It's almost become obligatory. We yes. must have a new theme tune with yeah. a new Doctor. It's not, it's not written in some way no. in Gallifrey law that you have to have a I new don't theme think tune. the new Doctor is the reason. I think even if Tennant had stayed on, which mm. he nearly did, I think yeah. he would have a new theme tune. I think... Because of... Uh, um, yeah. I think this is this is no disrespect to him, but I think this is a case of Stephen Moffat stamping his oh, uh, initials yeah. over everything. Yeah. I don't despise it, and no. you know, and, and my feet will will tap along to it because there is that element, but it just sounds very very over orchestrated to me. Uh, Fake Keith has mentioned that it's her most favourite along the lines of the Dominic Glynn, mm. and that I think is said with t- tongue firmly, firmly in, in cheek. cheek. <laughs> she, she's rated it up with the. Dominic Glynn, wow. Doctor Who. What does everyone think of the smoke time tunnel, the cloudy time <laughs> tunnel, instead of the, instead of the space time tunnel? I mm. again, I think this is because it's been established. I prefer the time space tunnel from the original mm-hmm. series one to four of the new series. Okay, I bet I bet I thought I bet I new series season one to four. Yeah, <laughs> it's, but even um, the original was more of a time. Was yeah. it more of a space? Yeah, it, opening. The, the the problem with this opening is I've watched far. Too too much house right and this to my, to my mind looks like an assi- uh, uh, a camera going down someone's lower intestines okay I tell you know, <laughs> yeah to me it reminded me um as a poor man's version of the stargate <laughs> mm. yeah it looked more like clouds to me particularly it when was, you yeah. brought in the lightning effect the lightning's effect mm. yeah i think it's my guess but i think this is probably just for this season yeah Ooh. i think it's to do with the season arc Ah, could be my guess. Uh, well, we'll, we shall see. We'll we wait and see. see. Yeah, don't dislike it. Don't, don't, don't. You know, sit yeah. there and go. Oh my God, yeah. what have they done to it's, my bit too loved? But it's, it's not ruined the show. But it's it, it, it just no. doesn't seem no. to sit. Right. It's not very exciting either. No, 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 no big Matt Smith head. <laughs> You're waiting boy, for a head, aren't you? Because he got a big, <laughs> a big head. head. Yeah. Well, let's move on to yeah. uh, to our new cast: Matt Smith and Karen Gillan. What does everybody think except Jean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoyed the story. <laughs> I love the new TARDIS. I'm, I, I can take or leave the typewriter, and I hope eventually the typewriter would be left. I know quite where it's coming from. It's a little nod to the past and all the rest of it, but yeah. it didn't seem to sit quite right on the console to me. It'd be something I'd probably grow with. It's better than the BBC micro keyboard, surely. It is. I like the glass. Fo- I love the new TARDIS. Oh, yeah. Amy Pond's wonderful. <laughs> oh, I think yeah. she's a brilliant actress. Yes. I like the new assistant to be her boyfriend. It's a good story. <laughs> Again, I'm I'm loving the TARDIS. I like the fact oh, that it's yeah. now got doors. 
Mm. Always had doors. No, no, no. no. <laughs> had to think it out. Right, that, that's the whole point. In the in the um, and interior tenant, doors. Yeah, the interior yeah, okay, doors. Yeah. In the tenant one, for example, they always used to have interior doors. They always used to have interior doors. In the tenant one, you're assuming it had an interior door. You just never saw it mm. because he got into the wardrobe room. Yes, yeah. but you did actually see it in a couple of behind the scenes mm. uh, things. They had a doorway which was off. Yeah, you know, on the, uh, the the wall which doesn't exist yeah as if you would walk out of the doorway into the concert room but yeah. they never actually showed it on no, screen they, they, you never actually saw it on it screen cut. so there was no no implication I just like the idea that there were actual doors there. there's um a story in what's, what's the magazine you got PC World PC Gamer PC Gamer they're running they're running an article on the Doctor Who computer game which was mentioned in the news yep it, the, it actually mentions in there that they specifically put one of the corridors or one of the doors in for the computer guys to use okay really yeah they're, they're going to put a room in there in the computer game mm. all right okay but nobody actually told them so they're wandering around the uh, tardis set making notes and then they suddenly notice that there's this door nobody told them about so, <laughs> where'd it go what's, what's that well, that's for you to use it is oh but, but okay the, the inside of the tardis moves around and i mean yeah okay the swimming pool's moving around assuming you have the content <laughs> yeah. that's last I, heard of in the library <laughs> And I do like the fact that, you know, he's referenced the library and the swimming pool. I yeah. think the swimming pool's actually underneath the console room at the moment with that glass. Yeah. But it has been noted previously that rooms... I think there was one episode where one of the assistants complained... And we're going back to black and white days. One of the assistants complained because her bedroom had moved. <laughs> there, is, there is there is actually invasion of time. They're being chased after some towns. So the doctor shouts out, quick, choose a door. And they all walk out in, of a door in a different direction and all enter in the same room. Mm. Yeah. To which uh, Barusa turns around, I wish you'd stabilise your infrastructure. <laughs> God, that's Spanish. Well, um, it reminds me more of an, what's the word, an Escher painting? Yes. Mm-hmm. The it's ones the that are dimensional. Yeah, it, looking at it, it reminds me of an Escher, mm. Escher painting. Mm. Yeah, we need to pick this up until 11th hour. Yeah, maybe. okay. Um, the, the, the one thing I hope we never see again, it was a lovely little effect, but please, may we never see it again, is seeing the world through the Doctor's eyes. Oh, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was a lovely effect. It was a good effect, one-off. wonderfully done, but I think, as Adams pointed out, it was done for a specific reason. Mm. Yes. You have a clue there. Yes, indeed. We haven't spoken at all about the story yet, yeah. but there are a lot of apparent clues, we don't know for sure at the moment, about the season arc. There's the obvious stuff which people are complaining about because it's too obvious. Mm. There's a lot more underneath, I think. Yeah. We have, uh, what is it? Basically, the story situation is the Doctor crashes lands in the TARDIS, which is destroyed. Uh, well, not damaged. destroyed, damaged, yeah. shall I say. And there's a little girl there who has a problem with a crack in a wall where you can hear vo- she can hear voices coming yep. out, which seems to stem from an intergalactic prison where Prisoner Zero has escaped. He's yeah. escaped through the crack yeah. into the little girl's house. And we never quite discover, at least not yet, who Prisoner Zero is. No. I think the little girl was very well played. Oh, and yes. And uh, Amy Pond's cousin. Cousin, yeah. Yep, so yep. There, there's definitely Amy a strong Blackwood. family resemblance yeah. there. There is, although she's actually Irish. At least no. that's where she's been living all her life. Yeah. Caitlin. yeah. So I didn't really detect that at all. No, she did no. a great job. No. Not no. just acting naturally, but having another accent as so, well. Yeah. It's her first uh, acting job. Yeah. 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 I, I certainly was afraid when I heard that she'd be playing the young Amy, <laughs> knowing that she had no 
acting ex- experience, mm. yeah. knowing that she was the cousin of Karen Gillan. So having trouble with, with child actors have we seen in the past. Yeah, they don't yeah. quite... didn't sound at all good. And then when I saw the episode and it went straight into herpes, I thought, oh dear, this is going to sink it entirely. Mm. But it really didn't. She did a fantastic I, job. I, I love the little touch of praying to Santa rather than praying to God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was to uh, I get avoid the f- any pl- political problems. problems. Yeah. I also get the feeling at the beginning where that her parents have possibly died. That's yes. why she's at the aunt's house. Well, we don't That's know. A, you we, don't know. We don't know where the parents not on are. The scene. They've either broken a bulldog. You get the feeling. No, I get the feeling that they've died I get because the it's they the fact died. that uh, the doctor has. I think the line is, I'll be right back. Parents are always saying that. Yeah, that's what they always say. Yeah. You get the idea kind of... of yeah, I could have been mis- yeah. mismatching yeah. it, but you get yeah. the idea that somebody has told her that they will be right back mm. and didn't, and it's probably someone close. So they've mm. either been abducted into some time vortex, got lost, up, lost up the Orinoco River. <laughs> yeah, lost up the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's an orphan or something like that. I think she... Although she's an orphan if they died, I mean, yeah. as in terms of having never known no. her. She, no, she does talk about. She her does mother. know. Them, yeah. yeah, I think I think she's known her parents and lost them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I, th- I thought she was very wet, and I did like the idea of I'll be back in five minutes, and five minutes was X amount of years it's, later. It's the Tardis years, again. Yeah. It's the time that goes anywhere in time and space just is a bit crap. It was damaged at the time. So yeah, kind of. I'm, I'm not. I'm, it, it, it's but within. There's the, more to it, I'm sure. Yeah, it's the within doctor the doctor seemed really quite surprised. Yes, that it was even six months. Yes, let alone mm. twelve years. Yeah, so I don't know if that's playing into anything or if it's just the TARDIS was knackered. Yeah. Anyway, the prison guards detect that uh, prisoner zero is missing. Yep. They the doctor opens the crack in the bedroom wall, which actually doesn't lead all the way through. It leads into another area, which is the prison yeah so it's probably a crack in dimensions a crack in space and yes. time yeah. to which the prison guards see the doctor mm-hmm. when the doctor returns again in 12 years yep the prison guards f- uh, detect him and start uh, once again hunting for prisoner zero yes to which leads them to earth to which leads them to eventually threaten to destroy the whole planet unless prisoner zero gives himself up mm-hmm. which of course prisoner zero isn't intending to do yes because yeah, that would be prisoner zero's death yeah it's quite an interesting i like the way they um mix things up i the prisoner zero is a shapeshifter but he's not an expert shapeshifter so when you have the man with the dog he's it's barking the, it's the, the man talks. who's barking and yeah. it's the dog and also the timing as they're both looking the dog and the man are looking every direction at the same, same time. time the Very same well direction done, at the yeah. same time yeah. 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 which I thought was a nice touch yep. I did like the, the other bit as well that everyone kept recognising him as that the was, raggedy, the raggedy doctor. doctor. Very funny, yeah. That yeah. was quite funny. So, it's you. No, it's you. <laughs> He's real then. It's the raggedy doctor. You know me? Poor Amy having been to four psychiatrists. Right. Whom she bit. Yes. <laughs> but I have to say, you know, I mean, okay, it's not that big a village, but how has this poor... How has Amy terrorised them all that they all know who the raggedy doctor is? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> also... It, with bearing that in mind, it surprises me that nobody noticed these coma patients walking around apart from Rory. Yeah, mm. yeah. Also, I'm interested in the fact that actually, when is it set? Yes. Because we've had the all the planets in the sky, we've had the invasion of the Daleks and the sun, but everyone was surprised and taking photographs of the eyeball mm. in yep. the space shuttle. So I get the feeling it's set before the events of um, Stolen Earth. 
Maybe. Yeah. Or if it was, the Stolen Earth was a long, long time ago and the general public has forgotten. It's very hard to say because you have a strange mixture of modern yes. and old. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a point to the uh, uh, one of the clues that you mentioned. Yeah. If, particularly if you've got a high-def screen, it's quite easy to spot. Yeah. The scene where the Doctor's doing his, in his mind, looking around, you get a very good and quite long shot of Rory, or Engelbert's or whatever, yeah. uh, badge. Yeah, Engelbert's badge. 30th of November, 1990. Yes. Which, if he's the same age as the actor, yeah. and that's set 2010, would yeah. make him eight years old when that badge was issued. Yes. Mm. Now, it's quite interesting because all the phones there had cameras in. Yes. All of them. Plus, the guy on the laptop... I think, had a webcam built into the laptop. In 1990, I I had to carry the mobile phone round from work, and when it was a brick, and the battery was a brick, that's not a joke, folks. They really were... The the phones were huge and heavy, and you had to have the battery because the bat, spare battery, because the original battery only lasts a matter of hours. They weren't these little mobile phones, so it's almost like... We've got a clash of yeah. times. This is in an alternative yeah. Earth dimension. Yeah. Uh, that, as I said, time. That, that that hospital porters pass has been mentioned. Oh well, that was an accident on the fan groups. They the, no. the, they lingered on it. That I think was deliberate. You so we saw got a, the detail they went yeah. into in confidential, yes. where they were putting postcards around the place, which nobody would ever see. Yeah. Uh, well, also, it, yeah. no if mistake. it was no. if it was a uniform or if it was a bus or something like that that they had hired in, I could understand it might be a mistake. Someone has got to make that badge yeah. with the character's yeah, name it. on, and which means picture. that someone consciously yeah. has to put 1990. Mm-hmm. And we're now in 2010. Yeah. I could understand it if it was done in... You know, 1991 or 92, because yeah. I sometimes put last year's date for about six months of the yeah. year. Yeah. But I don't put last century's That's date. It. Plus, another thing, that, due to the memory bit, the camera spent a long time looking at that mm. uh, pass. I'm sure so, the doctor noticed it. Yes, yeah. So, so we've certainly got something screwy going on with technology stroke time. Yeah, and his car's this. an old Enridge. Yes. Which I don't know how old it is, probably about 20 years old as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff going on there. Also, very hard to notice, but if you look very carefully in the final shot, as you're panning across the dolls to the yeah, oh yes, dress, yeah, all the raggedy doctors, raggedy and doctors are all, all of them are wearing what he's wearing there: the blue shirt, yeah. brown trousers, and the tie. Until one that you see on its side in her old bag, her old yeah. uh, suitcase, and he's wearing a brown top. Yeah, yeah. There was one dressed differently. Oh. Yeah. Plus, also the last ever shot you got of young Amy is Amelia. she's uh, sorry, Amelia is she sitting on the suitcase? It is now morning, and you hear the dematerialization sound, and she looks up. She does. Now that yes. could just be older Amy dreaming that. Could be. Could but be. I doubt it. Yeah. Something more is going on there. Well, there's definitely something going on because at the end of the episode, he yeah. shuffles into his TARDIS and wanders yeah. off and then he comes back and it's two years later. Yes. And he makes a pretense about, you know, oh, I'm just trying to out and all the rest yeah. of it. I get the feeling that she's crucial to whatever's going on, the crack in the wall, well, what yeah. have you, that she's crucial to this... Scanoscope. This whatever's going on with the... the what's it? It's not darkness, is it again? Pandorica. Yeah. yeah, as you noticed, um, when on the scanner scope, as Adam just mentioned, you saw the outline of the crack 
just before he turned it off. He now, deliberately turned off yeah, so she wouldn't see yeah, it. Yeah, now the, the question I have here, do we have shades of the second Doctor and the seventh Doctor? The yeah. manipulative Doctor. Oh, yeah. The Doctor that would take the monster out of the box, shake it at you, and then put it away. Mm. Mm. Now, I definitely think um, Amy is there more because he needs her for this, yeah. the, the plot, rather than he needs a companion yeah, kind the, of style. Like. There are shades of ace here, I think. Mm. Could be. Because uh, what with the, what the, the little arc that nobody noticed in season, what is it, 24, with the curse of Fenric. Yes. Mm. And the wolves of Fenric. Mm. 26, wasn't it? Yeah, season 26. So. Yeah. I, overall, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Ignoring all of the, uh, all the arc stuff, which is great to speculate yep. about, it seems a whole another level compared to oh, yes. these. Yes. Era. I, f- I fell in love with Amy straight away. Yep. I deliberately <laughs> did, yeah, unless Matt Smith stopped to grab me straight off, I deliberately did not want to dislike him because yeah. this isn't the best display no, of no, the Doctor no. he's going to be. There were lines that were Doctor lines that weren't making my hairs on the back of my neck <laughs> tingle or anything. They, okay. they, they were just delivered. Yeah. But that's how I felt about, you know, how it was done. But I enjoyed the story. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say, oh, I'm not... It wasn't like with um, oh, Colin Baker's Doctor, which is the sixth Doctor. Number six, yeah. I found those stories very, very difficult to watch when they were aired, and right. I still find them to watch difficult on video. And I love Colin. He's a wonderful yeah. man, and I've had many a happy afternoon <laughs> evening in bars with him. But the Doctor was so repugnant, I really yeah. couldn't watch yeah. them. I haven't got that with, with Matt's Doctor. No. Oh, that's good. That's good. I thought he was great from, from the off, to be honest. He, he really grabbed me within the first few minutes. He was the Doctor. Uh, really good interpretation, I thought. Seems most people seem to agree, yeah. which I'm very glad about. He absolutely nailed it at the end. You could tell when he became the Doctor. Oh, yeah. That, that scene in the... Uh, On the roof. Well, before that even, when he confronted Patient Zero in the ward right that's where he was a doctor and then he got into his new costume yeah and saw off the aliens and even that bringing them back like that was <laughs> what brilliant. i what i like it's my last last thing i've got to say in this the, the yeah. thing, I, thing i liked is christmas invasion yeah you've got tenants standing there when they tell you tales of earth they tell you is it is defended and he yep. shouted the last word at the top of his voice you have much the same scene mm. on the rooftop but this time it's very quiet very subtle yeah. Run. Yeah. Yeah. That was wonderful. And so many great lines. Phil Moffat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great lines. Very funny. Yeah. But at the same time, had, had a kind of great magical quality to it. You liked it. I really... <laughs> I watched it just before we recorded this podcast yeah. again. I still love it. Really uh, it's one, one I can quite happily watch again. Easily. <laughs> I, I wouldn't leave the room if it was on, but I wouldn't necessarily tune in. Oh, I feel sorry for you. It's, it's great. <laughs> I think the eyeballs started to wind me up. <laughs> the, the CGI for the ship could have been better, I've got to admit. But that's scene, but who cares? Yeah. Who cares about that stuff? There's a whole world in here, just like you said. It's all true. I thought, well, I, I started to think that maybe you were just like a madman with a box. Amy Pond, there's something you better understand about me because it's important. And one day, your life may depend on it. I am definitely a madman with a box. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, Devworth. Hello, everything. <laughs> okay, lads, it's ashes to ashes. Fire up the quattro. My name's Alex Drake. And quite frankly, your guess is as good as mine.
So, also another one to start uh, this podcast was yeah. Ashes to Ashes, season three, mm. the yeah. finale. The final season. The yeah. actual last season, yeah. unlike in America where they decide to make more than the last season that they said was going to be the last season. <laughs> no, this is really it. See, lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is it. This is where all the questions are going to be answered. Yep, Life on Mars and Ashes to Ashes. Yeah. Now, again, uh, first season of Ashes to Ashes, I thought it was all over. This is... This show is dead. It's a dead horse that they're flogging. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. Season three, yep. it completely changed it around. This was mystery... Season two. two. Sorry, season two completely changed it around. It was mystery. I was there. It was oh, a must-watch TV. Yeah. Season two mm. is fantastic. Now, um, episode one of season three, yep. again, I think it started, it started low-key. It's it very did. good. It more or less... The, the episode there was more or less to reintroduce everyone. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't anything spectacular, but no. it was it was watchable. They said, don't get me wrong, yeah. it was no, very no. watchable. It keeps you going, you yeah. wanted to go to yeah. the end of it. Mm. We, we, were, we were in a, uh, it was a basic sort of detective story, nothing too outlandish, except for the beginning. The beginning, yes. So, the end of season two, Gene Hunt accidentally yep. shoots Alex Drake. Yes. And she doesn't quite die, although you're no. not quite sure from it there, but yep. she goes into a coma. Yes. But, in the real world, she appears to wake up. Yes. From, from her coma. Very it... similar to Sam yeah. in yeah. his last story. Yeah. So is she out in the yeah. real world? That's it. And she spends quite some time in 2008 or whatever yeah. it's meant to be. But she doesn't accept it because she actually sends her daughter to a mother's or to a yeah. boarding school. Yeah, she sends school. her daughter away. Yeah. Um, and so she, she tends to cut herself off from yeah. the real world. She's also seeing a shrink. Yes. Mm-hmm. And having visions. Yes. Particularly when she first came round from her coma, she saw yeah. a lot of Jean Hunt yeah. telling her to wake up. That was at the end of last season. Yes. The beginning of this season, she's seeing the rest of them. Yeah. There's also a beautiful scene where she's walking through the department store where they've got this video display oh, yes. of yep. a film that is coming out and it's the rest of the Ashes to Ashes cast. Yeah, I think it's actually a computer game called Lethal Force. Sorry, a computer game. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's a cardboard cutout anyway. Yeah, and loads of them on the shelves. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. And also, uh, on the on the various TV screens, you've got the rest of the cast visiting her in hospital. Yep. You just see their face talking to her. And mm. I did love the bit where... Um, not Rates, the other one. Um, I, I, I couldn't Chris. find grapes. Couldn't find grapes, <laughs> and I bought a melon. And then you see him look as the melon, melon rolls across the table and falls off. Then yep. Sharon comes in, says her bit, and it ends off with... There's melon all over the floor. Do you want me to clean it up? <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. It made me yeah, smile. Really good. Yeah. So the big mystery at the end of last season is, has she really woken up? Yes. Is the Gene Hunt world somehow permeating the real yeah, world? leaking into the real yeah. world. Into her, her mind in some way. But unfortunately, even before this came on, they announced that it was actually a coma within a coma. Yeah. Which I thought was a shame. I'd rather not have known that going in. I, yeah, I would have. That was my supposition the end of last year. Year, yeah, but it was a coma within a coma. But I, yeah, I hoped that it was more than that. I That's hoped it. that she'd found a way to link to this other world yeah, well, in reality. But I missed the first announcement. But I got the even that even stronger when she woke up again in coma world because Jean Hunt had slapped her. Mm. You know, there, I, I could have believed it more if you sort of saw the slow slide or a fall unconscious or whatever. But yeah. no, she just suddenly woke up yeah. in coma world. She was kind of halfway there because she somehow imagined herself into a prison cell. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Looking in. But I think this one's also introduced, you've got other dimensions to it with the, the introduction of the devil. 
Yeah. DCI Jim Keats. Oh, they could they lay on more sort of like little hints that maybe <laughs> yeah. he is the devil, other than possibly give him horns and a tail. He, he's he's a very <laughs> he, he's the villain of the piece. You get the impression that he's certainly the villain of the oh, piece of in this one. He's trying to take down uh, Hunt and break up the team. This mirrors the end of Life on Mars, which yeah. is what they're trying to get Sam Tyler, Tyler to do. Yes, but the difference is in this one. This G- Jim Keats is su- supposed to be set in the same time as Gene Hunt yeah. and in the same world. Yeah. Yet he actually openly, in front of everyone else, not just to her, mentions things that he shouldn't know no. about because they're in the future. Oh, really? What was that? I didn't catch um, it. In not this first story, but in the second that- story, they're listing off serial killers. Jeffrey one- Dahmer, isn't it? Yeah, Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer thought, doesn't have to after okay. that time frame. Yeah. So, whereas before the characters have always spoken to Sam privately, about things that are happening in the future. Yeah. This is the first character that's actually in front of everyone else saying, yeah. you know, the equivalent of, oh, well, you could catch it on Sky TV kind of stuff. Yeah, saying okay. things that no one should, should know. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, so he's, he's obviously... He's breaking a, the bubble. He's yeah. got so he's, extra information. He's either another comatosed patient that's mm-hmm. in that world and hasn't taken the good path yeah or there's there's more to him than meets the eye and it is a case of gene is god and he is the devil yeah mm, maybe he certainly comes across as a very slimy piece of work yeah where the, the i can't remember his name but the where the one in ash uh life on mars mm-hmm. was attempting to break up the team yeah you didn't get the idea he was vicious slimy or nasty no. he was asserting that it was for Sam's own good. Yes. But this one... As if he were a doctor. Yeah, as if he was a doctor. But this one, you definitely a very oily character. Mm. He's used... Used car salesman. Yeah, and I think he's he's using her to his own age rather than actually trying to help her. Yeah. Yes. The other thing I quite liked with the first one is without Jean, the team wasn't functioning. No. No. You know, um, Ray's been promoted and doesn't seem to be doing a very good job of it. No, terrible. Um... The, the, I've forgotten the name, the WPC. And Sharon, Sharon, Sharon and Shaz Shaz and her boyfriend have split, split up. Yep. And it just seems to be that he is very much the driving mm. force. Oh, yes. And without him, they're, they're not that team no. anymore. No. And, you know, I quite like he, he that, would, the fact that... He was the glue that held them together and, and pushed I, them. I think for mm. all the fact they've been about Bolly and Sam, Life on Mars and Ashes to Ashes is about Gene Hunt. Yeah, oh, definitely. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's a popular character, but yeah. I think we're going to actually find he is the thing that the stories are about. Mm, they're Could visiting be. his world. Yeah, yeah. yeah, could be. We and shall have to wait and see. And then just to top it off, there's some implication that Gene Hunt did something yes. three years ago. Yes. Mm. And we see this policeman whose half his face has been messed up. Yeah. He's dug up in apparently 2008. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he's a, he seems to be a recurring character that keeps on cropping, cropping up. up. Yeah. He seems to have taken the place of the clown, not as a portent of death, mm. but as a, a running season arc. Sort of season yeah. arc, yeah. yeah. And for anyone who has seen the American version of Life on Mars <laughs> and the end. The ending has apparently been denounced. Yes. yes. Unless this is a double blind, yeah. it will not end the way the American one ended, which I thought was quite a good idea and quite clever. Uh, you know, it's it a bit turns, too literal. It was I a thought, bit too literal, but yeah. it turns out we've all been watching a science fiction. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's... I say, it could be a double bluff, but apparently it's not going to end the same way. 
No, I'm glad. And <laughs> I couldn't see how it could. No, from the change of light. from what I saw of the American one, it was signposted quite early on, and this one it would be uh, a complete blind side if they'd end it mm. the same way. Yeah, it's Gene Hunt's gods. That's the answer. That's the end of it. <laughs> he's just god, <laughs> and if he isn't, he should be. <laughs> um, we'll see. I'm not quite sure about that. Uh, will you be tuning in for next week? Well, I will, of course. <laughs> no, it, it's one that, again, I'm intrigued yeah. to see where it's going. So, yes, I'm going to come back. Yeah, I am. Yeah. As I said, first season, I don't think I would have. But now... You can't give up now. No, you can't, you, you're almost there. It's the final hurdle. Yeah. Okay, you wonderful people have been putting pen to keyboard, or is it finger to pen or uh, finger to paper? <laughs> well, you've been sending us emails, <laughs> yes, musings, ramblings, and perversions from your brains, <laughs> <laughs> for which we are eternally grateful. <laughs> there's life out there because there's none here. Our first letter is from Misha. Hello, Misha. Misha says, hello, team. (laughs) Even though she probably isn't anywhere near Scotland. (laughs) I'm fresh from my first watch of the newest episode, so here are a few probably disjointed thoughts on the matter. Less honest, matey. Not sure what to make of the new credits. (laughs) (laughs) The visuals are rather nice, but the music is a bit odd. Mm. General consensus among the people I've spoken to is that they... Woos! Woos! Hey, where, where the woo-woos, where the woo-woos were, were, it kicks in kicks and feels... Oh, I see what she... <laughs> so basically, what she say? I can't read this. When it goes woo-woo, it sounds like it used to, but when it doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> and it's interesting, we didn't mention it, but that comes in when Matt Smith's name comes up. Yeah. yeah. That's when it becomes a Doctor Who theme. Topic. That's it, yeah. Pre-credit scene, I wasn't totally sure of either. Sure, it looks nice, but really... It was fun. <laughs> either way, I suspended... Is that a word? Yes, it is. My belief, and it should actually be disbelief, but she suspended it anyway and really enjoyed the rest of the episode. Yeah. Particularly like the Doctor's appearance on screen, there's a swimming pool in the library. (laughs) I like the idea of that. (laughs) Wet books. Yeah, only if they've got plastic covers. Not to mention childish glee when he abseils back in and you hear the quiet splash off screen. Yeah, that made me chuckle. Or the cat. Yeah, yeah, when he hits, hits the cat with the uh, plate. Yes. <laughs> the bit with a few food amused my brother, but then he's nine. <laughs> it's just sort of got on my nerves. Ah, hee hee. No. But my brother <laughs> loved it, and he's, he's nine. nine. <laughs> <laughs> we get the idea of the brother's nine. Yeah. Lots of running around, obviously, but a surprising lack of corridors. <laughs> well, the TARDIS was rebuilding yeah, herself. Yeah. She hadn't built any corridors yet. I'm not sure about anyone else, but from the moment Amy appeared, I had my doubts about how real an officer she was. <laughs> With that skirt? Uh, fake Keith would like to put it pointed out that uh, she was the first one who said kittergram all those months ago. Really? Yeah, police officers in this country all wear trousers anyway, unless it's their dress, their number one uniform. Maybe it was the short skirt. Maybe it was the fishnet tights. But I didn't have a good. But I did have a good giggle when she whipped off the hat and revealed that she was a kissogram. Yeah. Although I did wonder what my brother thought. <laughs> okay. He's only nine, by the way. Okay. I admit I was worried again over the delete your browsing history jokes. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, he thought it was because of Patrick Moore, so that was 
easily bypassed. <laughs> well, what's the line? Get a girlfriend. Yes. yes. I suspect this Blimey one was bouldering on a awkward question session. Yep. yep. <laughs> overall, enjoy- overall, I enjoyed the episode. It was a good romp of a story, and it introduced everyone nicely with plenty of the whole wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. <laughs> I can't wait for the next one now. Mm. Lots of love, Misha. P.S. Could I add my voice to those of Wynne and Professor Dave for a slash fiction reading? We did one over the cult done and it was incredibly funny. <laughs> well, we kind of had a go at the intro of this one. Almost, yes. I have to admit, the bit with the food, as you say, the, the throwing the plate, the cat, uh, initially I was amused. Yeah. Then it kind of wore to... I know this is 65 minutes long, but it's five of this minutes playing with your food. <laughs> it's, it's good. The young Amelia's reaction to it all was fantastic. Yeah. Really, really good comic looks from her there, I thought. Anyway. Oh, yes, yeah, she played it very well. You're Scottish, fry something. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we got one here from Reese. Oh, Hello, Reese. Okay. Dear team. I couldn't wait and watched the 11th hour on YouTube and I wikied the TARDIS console. Now, if you want a bad, bad, bad theme tune, Tony Galashon, <laughs> now you've got it. I like the Series 4 theme, but this one, gur. Well, I wrote this bit of an email before I'd finished watching the episode, so I'll go back and watch the rest of the 11th hour and I'll be back. What, what do, you... do, 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 Time pass. Don't, don't stop to write to us. So, playing the Series 4 theme in the meantime, because Tony's little rant and him saying, I am right and you are wrong, that is standard Galashon, I do apologise. Oh, it's the middle eight, you know, it's the middle yeah. eight. Oh, it's in the extended version. Yeah. He should let things go once in a while. He never does. And this is my revenge. Okay, I've watched it. Woohoo! Apart from the theme, it really was Vast Toffee MN event. And one of the comments on YouTube was, hey, it's the first porn reference. Uh, (laughs) Young actress who played, well, young Amy was very good. I'm surprised that she was almost as good as I am at drama school. (laughs) And I was going to be there for three years, so that's saying something. Oh, and I'm very happy that my teacher is a big fan. Now, Matt Smith did a really good job. Yes, he did. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I think I should have written my uh, oops email a bit earlier than Easter. So a chocolate company could have made some. And Kate's, uh, Bob's, Adrex, oh, it's Robert's, advertisement break would have been more effective. Oh, yeah, (laughs) the oops. Oosp. Yeah. I got it now, sorry. It took me some time to catch up. Well, I'm going to see 11th Hour on iView and then ABC1. By it the will way, be the same story. <laughs> by the way, Mum and Dad aren't going to get me the new Who book set. Mumble, oh. grumble, mumble, grr. Why not? Uh, well, well, I will be writing, so why, again, so why don't you make a new section for my emails and I'll be writing this with a straight face because I like them being read out. Um, does that make sense? Doesn't matter, Reese. it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. It was brilliant. Uh, we have one here from JD hello JD JD says hello team and the devious head oh my god we've forgotten to say we always do he's getting annoyed yeah hello there heady hello head hello Hello, Pertwee well I've survived the attack of weeping angels angles this is (laughs) Tony sicked on me last podcast and now they work for me (laughs) 
<laughs> I promised him Tony's head and a certain tenth doctor. Ooh. Well, I watched the eleventh hour, and well, it hurts me to say this, but Gene, it looks like you're running the Matt Smith fan club because it was bloody brilliant. <laughs> no, I'm not. And I think that Matt's nailed it. No, he hasn't. <laughs> Greenhilda Nobnacker was very good too. A kissogram. What the hell is a kissogram? It's like a strippergram, but they keep their clothes on. And there's more physical contact. The kissing the kissing of the lips upon the face to another person's lips who are upon their face. Oh god. <laughs> it's too much. Get on with it. <laughs> he continues. Everything was good except the atrocious theme tune. <laughs> there's a, a running theme here. Yep. A running theme on the theme tune. Also, real Keith. You should be ashamed of yourself for wanting to smoke after Doc 2. You should be proud of Moffat. was completely successful. I think it was actually fake Keith, wasn't it? It was, was fake Keith, I think, and, yeah. and there's a degree of irony that, that's lost on anyone now under the age of 16. Yeah, yeah wanting to smoke after anyway. Uh, well, it's like the weepy angels want me to help them in taking out Tacky on TV, so I'll be seeing you. Pierce. Nobody better get on my bad side or I'll do the same thing Tony did to me to you. Too late, you already did. PPS. Also, plans of the Apes is a bloody brilliant movie, and you'll get a review of The Beast Below soon. Oh, looking forward to it. JD. I'm sure we'll have that on next podcast. OK, we've got one here from Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Patrick. Uh, dear team and the now eighth regenerations old head of Pertwee. <laughs> he smells it. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're all there for this one. We were, but no, some of us well, have well, dropped well, out. Well, we, we Even weren't. less now. but We're kind of dropping as we go along. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I just want to put my last bit of feedback before Wind's Monkey of Doom comes and get me for my heinous crime of insulting Gene. <laughs> I loved the last podcast since it was my all-time favourite people there. Oh dear, have I just revealed who I put at the bottom of my favourite list? Mm. <laughs> um, um, hey, look, at the distraction behind you. Look, oh, shiny thing, shiny thing. Oh. Where's the monkeys, Win? <laughs> anyway, I want to offer my worthless thoughts on the 11th hour. In short, I loved it. Oh, yeah. I, like others, have had my doubts over Matt Smith, although I said that I would wait until his first proper episode to judge him. I am now judging him as being a fantastic doctor. The whole episodes in terms of writing, acting, music... I, actually, I don't mind the new theme, but it's a little <laughs> quiet. Just everything was spot on. Yep. It had its funny moments. Yep. Are you going to turn around? No. It had <laughs> its sad moments. Poor mini Amy sitting there all night. Yeah. It had its squee moment... He clicked his fingers, yeah, I yelled did. as the doctor opened the TARDIS. Yeah. I did like that little touch. Yeah. Yeah. Q family staring at me strangely. The look on his face as well. Yeah. <laughs> he does it. <laughs> it was great. I'm expecting wonderful things of this series. Really great things. Yeah. I think by the time your next podcast, you will have seen The Beast Below too. We have. I'm writing from last Sunday, so I haven't seen it yet. Was it good? Thought so. <laughs> yeah. Not right. that next podcast. Right, I had best be off. Those monkeys look awfully close. Ah, they're here! Get back, monkeys, get back! No, I need that arm! Right, that's it! Where's that sword? Ha! Take that! And you, yeah, get out of here! Shoo! <laughs> Good, they're gone. Win, I suggest you don't try anything funny. I don't want to have to break out my own special army. Ta-ta for now, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. I yeah. think you're having a few problems there, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> what are you suggesting? <laughs> we have a short email here from Reese Parton. Hey, Reese, first today. I think it might be the only one today. <laughs> no, second today. It's the second today. The second even. today. Yep. Hello. Dear team, here is some audio feedback, and also I'd like to tell you my sad moments. Oh dear. 
Number one, any time the doctor is sad himself. But to the end of time, I was crying and crying for a long time after <laughs> that sad face. I mean, David's little face. Oh, I need a hug just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I really hope this works. I've been trying for a week and a half to get some audio out there. Tell me if this works. P.S. You could have a best of worst of for the best quotes for each doctor of other sci-fi shows that's quite mm-hmm. a nice that's idea that's a good idea Try to sneak so did his audio work oh we'll find out I'm it's bated breath now. hello Staggery Stories team yep. how are you Hi this there. is Reece Parton here oh, yes. voice. Um, hopefully this audio works because I've never actually recorded anything before it's worked <laughs> um I've been a bit cold so I might sound weird because of that too but um I went on YouTube and watched the 11th hour because I couldn't wait for it to be on here in Australia. And it uh, was good. Yeah, well, yes. Matt Smith did a, a brilliant job. Yes. Uh, and it was definitely a vast toffee MN romp. Oh, yep. The yep. event, adventure. It was just spectacular. Yeah. A whole lot of fun. Um, everything had a new approach. The style of shooting the, uh, with the camera, the style of the music, the CGI, and, um, and of course, a new doctor, as we all know. Also, I just wanted to say that the Who cast, GWO Who cast, has lost three great hosts, Trevor, James, and Tom. They've oh, decided to stop doing that and do their own podcast, the yep. uh, obviously made, the Doctor Who podcast. Completely <laughs> named. Um, they've gone and done that, and they've released two episodes already. The uh, one to introduce themselves, for those who hadn't heard them on who cast and um, episode one reviewing the other power which I've heard and it's very good. Marty didn't really, uh, uh, James didn't really like it, which is very very weird. Um, have to meet James. Fairly weird. <laughs> Might have done. Also, um, I heard your podcast and there was, um, I heard it after I'd seen the other power because I thought you'd be reviewing it in that podcast. Yeah, we released so, just before. Um, I read the information, but of course you didn't. So. I heard that the K9 series was on at exactly the same time as Doctor Who was for you mm. guys. Same day, not same and time. And just so. like uh, El Presidente not said, bad. that is really stupid. <laughs> and it really was, because I didn't get to see it, even here. Because they didn't really advertise it at all. No. Most likely hear. because the channel that it's on was probably playing Biggest Loser, or <laughs> So You Think You Can Dance Australia. Um... <laughs> For far too long for them to get adverts in there. It's the kind of show that has, and the winner has a statement like, the winner is, and then the next, uh, after the next ad break, they still haven't told you, the music's going, dum, 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 We dum, have dum, been dum, exposed dum. to it over here. Apparently dramatic, but it's very just, <laughs> just terrible. <laughs> and, um, Australian TV is really pretty bad, except for ABC, which shows Doctor Who and Torchwood and, and being human. And I've heard reviews from you guys and the listeners being human, and I'm pretty damn pissed off with myself that I uh, <laughs> I didn't get to see that. I didn't watch it deliberately because I thought, oh, a vampire and a werewolf and a ghost living in a yeah. flat, as Elvis said once. That's not like a weird concept, but they pull it off very well, apparently. Yeah, mm-hmm. really good. Uh, um, if I you mean, get the chance, watch I it. I deliberately didn't watch it and watched uh, Torchwood afterwards because it was on after um, being yeah. human, which both. I just probably missed deliberately. And, well, I'm kind of kicking, I'm kind of being angry with myself. Because well, if it's repeated, I didn't watch it. It's such a good show. I was wondering if you could do a, uh, 
Tenth Doctor, first episode, comparison with uh, the Eleventh Doctor's first episode, The Eleventh mm. Hour, which I thought was really good. Yeah. I still, mm, I'm not sure. He was definitely going through a uh, regeneration class, as I'd say, at the beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. What with eating fish fingers and custard. Autisms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also at what? the beginning, what? I'm mm. having a Tony Gallashop moment about the theme tune. <laughs> it's the worst in the world. <clears throat> it just. Cash. I really don't know what it is about it. It's just. I heard, it's a bit like the Sarah Jade Adventures, which I heard when you played it on the podcast when you were reviewing the episodes. Mm. I find them both <laughs> great and they're horrible. The visuals are alright. The um, cloudy vortex. Uh, <laughs> major intestine. Uh, the cloudy yes. vortex. Uh, Thing is just a distant present now. <laughs> even the new logo kind of thing is alright. It really had only one good thing to go with it, which was the uh, choir work, which I'd say is from a keyboard or something. Sound like Did choir we... work at the end when the last of the amends turned up and the 11th hour. And, um, He's whisking. So, and the title was showed the 11th hour. So, yeah. But uh, you could compare those episodes. Yeah. Um... Also, I was wondering if you could do a Tenth Doctor retrospective, I guess, show for the Tenth Doctor, and maybe uh, we could organise times for me to come on the show, because the Tenth Doctor it really is my favourite so far. <laughs> Problem is, we have no uh, way to Followed from what I've seen of the First Doctor, yeah. which is just the meddling month, but he did a very good job, uh, by the uh, First Doctor. Um, and then possibly Tom Baker, Peter Davidson, and Colin Baker, and seen. Two episodes of him in it, and that was a perfect side for it. Very good bits I saw. And, um, I'd like to come on to that one if we could arrange a time. And I've just been watching the Meddling Monk. It's very, very good. I like it. Especially the, uh, Doctor's cloak. Very nice, beautiful looking <laughs> cloak. Hopefully this audio works. And if it doesn't, we'll have to go back to the time or else the Meddling just send me an email and I'll, I'll do another one with pretty much the same message. Keep up the brilliant work. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, yes. <laughs> was it me or was he making, he was baking doing in the background? Was I was doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, thank it's you. great to hear from you at last. Yeah. I somehow, however, don't think you want to be up at whatever it be, two in the morning, even if we could do some kind of Skype, considering yeah. what time it is in Australia and what time we record this. Yes. <laughs> no, the technicalities of doing it, we've never done it before, because we've got five different mics here. We've got no input, audio input feed. Yeah. Mm. I just don't Skype. know how we would physically do any kind of internet connection, but who knows. Anyway, we're getting rapidly out of time we'll, we'll here. We'd be putting yep. people off if they could actually see us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so quickly on to the last letter here. The last, last long It's a long letter. one. Yep. yep, from Chris. Hello, Chris. Hello, Chris. Greetings to Staggering Stories team, and it should it be the head of Smith this time. <laughs> yes. Yes! <laughs> He's not dead yet. <laughs> anyway, I have reviews and? for you. Again, apologies for length, lots of stuff to cover. Go for it. The 11th hour. Dum, da, dum, dum. I'll talk about the pre title sequence in a moment, but first, the title sequence. Oh dear, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like the new Stormcloud graphics that they used. If you'd asked me several months ago, I would have said I wanted Matt's face in the titles. I'm not sorry that it isn't. Especially, no, 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 no. <laughs> especially seeing as the names now flash onto the screen with fork lightning 
As for the music, I liked it. I liked <laughs> it because the, the main one. part of the theme was scored with electronic music again, and I do honestly feel that the theme works at its best when scored using electronics. Mm, yes, it does. Into the story, and little Amelia Pond sees a box fall out of the sky. Now, for me, the episode could have done without the pre-title sequence, because the moment leading up to Amelia seeing the Doctor the first time is built up so well by the music. That said, I understand why Stephen Moffat put it in, as a bridge would prove the audience... This is a continuation of the same story. Yeah. Mm, yep. All the stuff with the give me food sequence is very good and very funny. The way he dismisses the bread and butter would be my personal favourite. Poor cat. <laughs> yes. Is it just me that wants to find out what fish finger it's, custard tastes like one it's day? Just it's you. just you. It's just you. I do have some in the fridge. The only other time a person would want that is when they're several months pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that I wasn't surprised by how good Matt Smith was. I was surprised that he fitted into the role so easily. It's also the little things he did, like the way he examined the crack in the wall with the things he did with his fingers and him throwing the water out of the glass. Yeah, he looked surprised himself, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. That being the case, the moment where he said, must be one hell of a crack in your wall, did come from left field and, for me, instantly captured the Doctor's cleverness and very subtly and very brilliantly. Well done, Matt. At this point, I must make a mention of Caitlin Blackwood as little Amelia. What a little gem of an actress she was, Mm. with no previous acting experience. Perfect casting and utterly believable. She looks as cute as a button in a duffel coat and with a woody hat. <laughs> I'm slightly sad we may never see her as little Amelia again after this episode. Oh, Ooh. you never know. Well, yeah, I'm not yes. so sure. I'm not so sure. Yeah. Twelve years later, during the first scene between the Doctor and grown-up Amy, there seemed to be a bit of confusion whether the focus was meant to be on what Matt was saying, or we can't help but notice Karen Gillan's very nice legs. <laughs> I think he's implying that there might have been a visual distraction on Maybe. going on the yeah. screen. Could have been. Like, uh, poor Peter Davison's exit, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Something yeah. I'm not sure Adam was pleased about. <laughs> Interestingly, Amy doesn't let herself go fully Scottish until she exclaims, Why did you say five minutes? Yeah. Indeed, yeah. She was uh, did a good job there covering up the fact that she was Scottish. After escape from the house and walking to the green, we get some more of the combustion between Doctor and Amy we've been hearing so much about. Twelve years and four psychiatrists. I kept biting them. Very well delivered, Miss Gillen. Mm-hmm. Indeed. If I may talk a little bit about Amy's characterization now, I think Stephen Moffat has crafted one of the most unique companion starting off points ever, with Amy being let down by the Doctor as a child, a very impressionable time in a person's life. By doing this, he gives her a complete character arc before they've even met properly. And it is this which is put into question with that moment with the apple by the car. The phrase indefinable magic is often used when describing what this programme has for children. And this is what the Doctor appeals to when he says, just believe for 25 minutes. I believe this is one of the central parts of Stephen Moffat's version of his show. Believe in the magic and the great things can happen. Elsewhere, finally... Sir Patrick Moore in an episode of Doctor Who. My wish list still contains either or both the Attenborough brothers. <laughs> the main storyline about the Atraxi in Prison Zero was a bit simple, yeah. yes, but I think it helped so that you could get the Doctor and Amy working together. Yes. Yeah. Although I think Stephen did incorporate some very interesting elements into that aspect of the story. Corner of your eye and the multiform getting voices mixed up between the, two, the species, etc. For me, when Matt Smith flings open the doors in the hospital, he is a fully formed post-genitive 11th Doctor. The moment where he's standing on the roof in his full costume proclaiming himself such only confirms this. Two years later, before I talk about the TARDIS, let me preface this by saying I bought the Radio Times on the Tuesday, got it home successfully without looking too closely at the cover. When Saturday rolled around, I went to such lengths that I put a notice on Saturday's page forbidding the rest of the family to look at the cover <laughs> until they had seen the story. It was worth the wait. Let me just say the new interior is universally awe-inspiring and beautiful, 
My favourite elements from both stories being the typewriter, the new telephone, and the big and small scanners. <laughs> the only thing I'm not sure about yet is the blown glass time rotor, but I think that will grow on me. All the best, Chris. Thank you, Chris. And Thank you. This is actually a two-part email. This is the yep. next part to be in the next podcast. In the next podcast, yes. That we don't want to be slow. If you don't want to spoil things too early. No, indeed. Hello everyone, this is Stephen Chapansky speaking to you on behalf of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance, or as I like to call it, the Doctor Who Alliance of Podcasts, because then I can call it DWAP. Uh, I'm here to tell you about another Doctor Who signing at uh, Waterston's Lakeside in Turek in England um, on Saturday. April the 24th, between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. The special guest this time around, Nicholas Briggs, voice of the Daleks, Cybermen, oh, the Jadoon, plenty of other voices. Oh, I think he was, a, he was a nesting consciousness as well, yes. Um, he'll be there signing uh, copies of his, uh, his uh, the big finish disc, uh, Sherlock Holmes, Holmes and the Ripper, um, of which, of course, he plays Sherlock Holmes. As well, uh, he'll probably be signing some of his other uh, Dalek um, CDs that Big Finish has put out. Um, he'll also have his ring modulator there, so you can hear the sound of the Daleks live and in person. Uh, Nicholas Briggs is a fantastic guy. Uh, we talked to him at Gallifrey uh, as part of our uh, coverage on Radio Free Scarl there, and he is just a wonderful chap. So um, you uh, you would do very well to go along and, and meet Mr. Briggs and 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 chat with him about many different things. The Doctor Who uh, Doctor Who Alliance of Podcasts. See, I'm still saying it. Uh, they'll be there. They'll be there recording a podcast, just as they were at the recent Colin Baker signing. Um, so that podcast will be out and about for any other uh, member of the DWAP. Um, I think there's about 53 of them now. I think. Uh, to to be uh, you know to download on their feeds or it's it's open to everyone it would be great I think Tony Galishan from the Flashing Blade will be there I think uh, uh, Adam Purcell of Staggering Stories and perhaps many many more I won't be of course because I'm in Canada you see it's a bit of a commute so but uh, you can be again that's Waterstones Lakeside and Turek Saturday April twenty fourth two thousand ten between eleven and one meet Nicholas Briggs so thank you on behalf of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. <laughs> So that, I think, is it That's for this it. podcast. End yep. of podcast part one. Aye. Yes, we will be recording podcast 70 or is in it a six, few minutes. Or is it 69A? <laughs> no, it's definitely, no, it's definitely 70. 70. <laughs> we will be releasing next podcast yep. in a week after this one. Yes. We're going weekly, at least Ooh. for the duration of Ashes to Ashes and Doctor Who. Yes, so much, so much. We can't fit it all into no. one podcast. So see you in a week's time. Yeah. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Au revoir. You have been listening to Staggering Stories Podcast, Series 1, number 69, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Gene Riddler, and Keith Dunn. Please express here as a speaker and don't necessarily represent those other speakers on the site. No corporate official is intended. This podcast is now presented a production at www.staggeringstories.net.
Yeah, I do apologise. I, I shall endeavour to say, sit here and say, you know what I mean. And as I said, hmm. <laughs> right. Welcome. Oh, yeah. Right. I suppose I better do then. Yeah. yeah. You're sitting in Andy's seat. Yes. Dan will do his job. Yeah. If that's the if that's the funny seat, then that's the intro <laughs> that's seat. That's the crisis seat. Yes. Yeah. I don't think Karen's going to have it in a crisis tonight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nor for the last twenty odd years. And and our president has lost his clipboard. Yeah, where do I put the other two? And with that, <laughs> it's, so, it's so much easier when you just throw up. But you know, why does it have to come out? Is in anyone seeing his clipboard? He's, he's lost his. He's lost his clipboard. <laughs> there it is. Didn't take it up there. This is two thousand. June nine. That's all right. That's been in the fridge a long time. And it's hermetically sealed. Yes. Open it and see. They always underestimate that stuff just to make you thrill up. You're not a modern person. You should be like the rest of us folgies. You smell it. If it smells all right, if it looks all right and it tastes all right, then you can eat it. No matter what the use yeah, by but, day is. But when you've got a juicy tummy, you know, it's best not to fart in the face of the gods. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny name. Actually, it's probably the best time to do it. Oh, yeah. The pebble dashing. <laughs> <laughs> Is it fizzy enough? Mm, it's a bit flat. Or for win, is it fizzy enough? <laughs> I'll just say to Keith, I said, uh, even, oh, if, yeah. even if I end up liking him, have I got to continue not to be, just to be the confident yeah. one? <laughs> yeah, I'm amazed how quickly people are taking to him. Um, it's funny, I've had... Because at work, I'm, I've got more of the parents that are watching it because their kids are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the kids are loving him. The, yeah. The, par- the, the colleagues who have watched it aren't overly impressed. <laughs> really? Yeah. I've hardly heard anybody say that. I've got no complaint. There are occasional things he does, I will admit, that sort of jar me out of it. Oh, really? But on the whole, I've got no real complaints. Mm. I, anyway. I think one of the things is for me, just on a personal level, is in Torchwood, I loved all of the characters, but the King of the Weevils. Yeah, Owen. Owen. Never disrespect to the actor, Owen never sat right with me. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, I just, there's something about his face I didn't yeah. like or whatever. Right. And I wonder if it's the same with Matt Smith. Be, his face it. is very, very long, elongated I, down. Yeah. And I don't know if I just don't like the look of him, and that's what's then. Judging, mm. it strikes me he's got an L sh- shaped face. Yeah. It sort of goes out and kinks. Yeah. You know. You're late. Amelia Pond, you're the little girl. I'm Amelia, and you're late. What happened? Twelve years. You hit me with a cricket bat. <laughs> Twelve years. A cricket bat. Twelve years and four psychiatrists. Four. I kept fighting them. Why? They said you weren't real. <laughs>